Alright Raiders, Laura Gaga here, also known as Production Raider. How you all doing? I hope you've had a good week. So this week we've not got one, but two guests on the podcast. Absolute couple goals. And if you ever needed evidence that the earth was flat, this is it. So without further ado, let's welcome them on. Hi and welcome to this week's guest. Can you start by telling us about yourself? Hi, I'm Sarah from Flat Earth Pieces. Hi there, and I am Rich from Flat Earth Pieces. Nice to see you, Laura. We, um, yeah, thanks for having us on. We set up Flat Earth in 2019. Um, it's a creative meat-free pizza company that we operate from currently from the Railway Tavern in Dawson. Um, oh. Okay, we're not we're not we're not podcast uh, we're not podcast experts, so I'm apologising for the couple of gaps here in uh, responses. But uh, yeah, so we set we set up Flat Earth Pizzas 18 months ago. This is our third residency, and uh, we 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 set it up. We're kind of pizza renegades, really, and um, we've set it up because we wanted to make pizza with a difference. And pizza is such a known a globally known product and we, we wanted to do it our way and put um, our toppings and our bases and uh, you know make it with our own sort of ingredients and uh, and put our slant on uh, into the pizza world which we're doing well. Yeah using lots of seasonal local ingredients, um, really excellent flour for our dough, uh, we work with lots of local suppliers and growers um, so we try and include people who are local to us in terms of um, um, the people who are producing the food, so um, yeah. trying to keep it as close to us as possible. Um, but um, and from my perspective, um, the pizza, the three sort of key, co- the core ingredients to a pizza is the base, which everybody talks about in the pizza world, and the passata, and the cheese. And um, the base we make, we we buy a grain from a small farm in Northumberland uh, called Gilchester's, fly the flag for Gilchester's, who is run by uh, a couple there, and um, Billy, she's Austrian, but they, they um, and her husband of course, but they are really proud, good grain growers in a small little farm, and uh, they, they um, provide us with the whole grain milled for us, and has all the goodness coming through it, and then we use that to make our base, and that is a hundred percent of the uh, organic stone grain flour. So we don't put a caputo or an Italian flour in there. Um, my view of caputo, although it's very good for pizzas, it's basically a very fine carbohydrate, which um, I would refer to as sort of talcum powder. So if you if you want that. Um, stretchiness and bubbliness in that style of Neapolitan pizza, you could go for the Caputo uh, Neapolitan, but we use a whole grain. So we've also got the protein in there, we've got the uh, the bran in there, and we've got the vitamins in there, and all the goodness that comes through with that, with that grain, which is great. So we start with the, the base, and then the passata, we use, um, again, it's a, it's a secret ingredient, I suppose, in there, but it's a unique... <laughs> it's a unique Passata that we put in. Um, so that's organic um, tin tomatoes, which come from Suma, which is a, a, a lovely cooperative, which um, has very strong ethical practices. So it's really nice organic tomato passata. And then within that passata, 
we are getting tomatoes from um, a little farm at the moment called Forty Hall Farm, and uh, that is in Enfield, and um, it's part of the uh, Capel Manor um, Horticultural College. So um, they grow organic tomatoes there. We take a cut of those tomatoes and um, we brine them in garlic and thyme and uh, a uh, three or two and a half percent um, brine solution. So we can save those tomatoes so they can stay in brine for a good four to six weeks. And, and sometimes uh, we take seconds, don't we? Yeah, so we take their unwanted tomatoes, their green tomatoes, so the green tomatoes are coming up. So um, we'll be taking stuff that they will waste, we take them, brine them, hold on to them, and then we freeze them as well, pre-brining if, we, um, if, we, if we've got a massive bulk of them. And anyway, we blitz that into the passata. Um, so we get a really lovely, organic, acidic, garlicky passata base, which, uh, which goes on to our, our stone grain um, dough. And then uh, we have the cheeses <laughs> from a tiny you know. from a tiny little farm in Somerset, and the vegan cheese as well. So uh, from a, a tiny little tiny little place in Islington. So they are to uh, vegan. Yeah. Um, so. And then of course we have all of our seasonal toppings on top. So yeah. for instance, we're just launching a new menu um, which will have our foraged samphire that we pick from the Essex coast, which is again pickled in a brine. And um, we put that alongside some um, balsamic onion passata. Yes. So it's very delicious with cheese as well. Do you know what? I've not eaten yet and I'm absolutely starving. <laughs> <laughs> Listening to all of these, I definitely need a pizza. But we do a lot of preservation and a lot of um, fermentation and pickling and stuff. So um, it's such a nice way to use an ancient method to actually restore and um, keep the veg at its peak. Um, well, use it straight away. And I love that because I um I would quite often come across samphire reduced, you know, yellow stickered in a reduced crate and just sort of think, well, what the heck do I do with it? Ah, well, you can try it when you come in and eat with us. Yeah. But, um, I um I I think as Sarah has said, you know, the, the the good thing about what we do is we can preserve vegetables through traditional methods. One that helps on the budgeting, so it's great, so we don't have to chuck it in the bin. Um, two, it's just such a lovely thing to do and understand. And, um, you know, we see, you know, all around us, we see um, fermentation or we, or we see, um, I'm trying to, trying to think, well, yeah, fermentation is the, is mm. the right word. So, you know, be it beer, be it, be it bread, be it, you know, lots of things, kombucha. vegetables, kombucha. So, you know, to take, vegetables and see uh, like our kimchi uh, and actually be able to put them into a, a, a mix them with salt basically that's all you're doing you're mixing the veg with salt and it's changing the process and then it's preserving the veg and then it's, as well. yeah and it's taking out the unwanted bacteria putting good bacteria in and it's good for you and it and it keeps and it keeps for blimmin', and, blimmin ages so and it tastes delicious, uh, and it tastes delicious. <laughs> 
So, you know, we can ferment stuff, we can pickle stuff in vinegar, we can dry stuff. And, uh, you know, it's all these techniques are kind of quite new to us in some respects, but the experimentation is good. And the fact that, you know, you can you can use you, you can use stuff that is going to waste. I mean, it's a no brainer. You can mm. use stuff that's going to waste, keep it, preserve it, and then use it when you need to. So um, why aren't more people doing it? I don't know. <laughs> and you know what? <laughs> I am guilty of a pun. I love a pun. And I have to say, you guys are just so sort of the earth. <laughs> I was thinking. <laughs> and, you know, and I'm mindful that when I did the intro, I said, can you introduce yourself? When I should have actually said selves, because there's obviously two of you. Yeah. Yeah. And you are the first pair to be on a podcast. Oh, really? We're still trying to sync our, uh, our coordination here. So, uh, yeah, exactly. I'm yeah. talking but that's, that's great. Thank you very much. Yeah, Laura. we're pleased to be on. Yeah, that's really cool. But um, <laughs> if, um, you know, I, I think we, we were talking about our relationship with food and how it and how we it differs from previous iterations in our lives. Is that is that the next one? Yeah, well, yeah, well, before you go on to that, tell us a bit then what your current relationship looks like with food. I mean, is it loads of pizza and kombucha? <laughs> um, we well, yeah. eat a lot of pizza. We do eat pizza every single day. Yes, it but is. But luckily, it's good for it's not bad pizza, so you know, keeps us going. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's no pizza that's really bad pizza. Maybe there is bad, but people's people's perception of pizza. Yeah, but ours so. isn't like junk food pizza. People no. say ours feels nice once they eat it. They don't feel like bloated or horrible because of the dough. Yeah. Um. So we yeah we eat an awful lot of pizza. Um. It's. It's all vegetarian generally, isn't it? Which occasionally eats good cuts of meat, but um, I generally avoid that. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's um, you know, we have our own perception of pizza. I think that, that's, 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 the, that's the thing, isn't it, really? But uh, we, um, as Sarah said, we eat it every day. I mean, twice a day, probably. It's, and, we, and we, you know, we have this fascination with the dough and mm. with dough being a live ingredient. You know, we make it the day before, um, we prove it, and um, some days the temperature's going up and down and up and down. So it's also the fact that you know, we've got to get the, the proof right and everything else right. Yes, we're constantly testing iterations, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then some days it, it's, um, you know, it's bubbly than others, and we, we can never find the, uh, well, we can find the perfect scenario but then the weather changes or something changes and it doesn't work so it's um, it, it's a crazy sort of scientific lab in some respects all this pickling and burping of krauts and vegetables and, <laughs> and all that but, well I mean I am privileged enough to have a little insight into um into the lab I mean you sat in a gorgeous looking kitchen Thank you. um and, you know you described yourselves as um pizza renegades yeah. So, so is there much difference between your current relationship with food and your past? Um, yeah, I mean, that, that's such an interesting question because um, we've, we've both come from a food background, as in commercially working in food and uh, in restaurants for restaurant chains in different roles. But, uh, you know, that's a career that we've both followed from, from uh, you know, from our 20s. But um from my perspective, I, I think I've gone from sort of the, the, the commercialism of it to more of the inquisitive side now. And it's it's working for yourself. I mean, we discussed this on the sort of journey coming into work. It's, uh, you know, wow, it's such a change from working for big companies. And, um, you know, there's a we have control of it. But, uh, you know, 
we you can get really under the skin of like choosing your own vegetables getting involved in the recipes making lots of mistakes yeah. trying things speaking and, uh, directly to the farms yeah so we're really more inquisitive now and it's more um experimental but you, you know we get to try out a lot and uh, I, I really like getting my hands dirty and sometimes in our previous lives we couldn't get our hands dirty because yeah. we were more you know office based or whatever you call it but for me my biggest change in my relationship with food is um i think changing my diet to being vegetarian um with occasional fish but um that was a really really big thing for me and i remember at the time it was like five years ago thinking oh my god what, what would i have on a pizza and then uh, lo and behold flat earth now exists which wasn't part of the plan at the time um but it just goes to show that you know put veg on the center of your plate there's so many interesting things you can do with the vegetable and um it's so delicious and it's like sits nicer in your stomach it's less saturated fat it's like it just it made me feel a lot lighter and um so i think my relationship with food has changed in that sense yeah and you know my my mum was a vegetarian for pretty much all of her life and uh she um you know my mum and my, my dad would obviously cook separately because my dad was a big meat eater but you know meat takes so long to digest and mm. um you know we have realized that the gut works really well eating veg and uh you know and eating fiber and eating you know and, and working through the sort of digestive process of those products and having and, such a variety of veg as well yeah yeah so we, now we're in control of our own destiny it's 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 changed yeah. a lot and i think um, it's great that you know we can uh put beetroots and rhubarb on a pizza which actually goes exceptionally well yeah, and, really uh, together but you know there's there's times when you sort of maybe were working for different organizations and you might suggest something a bit left field and maybe you'll be shouted down but we can you know say we can do what we want we, we want to do what pleases our customer and works but uh we can't fly the flag for that. Mm. Well, I absolutely love that. And it was really interesting hearing you talk about the ingredients because you were naming, oh, you know, this amazing small business that does vegan cheese and this other small business and we can go out foraging and, you know, and sort of local seasonal veg. And, and like you said, you've got sort of complete autonomy now in um, the ingredients, the menu, how you use the stuff, the direction of the restaurant and and, you know, and it's amazing to hear how you're sort of supporting other sustainable small businesses as well. Yes. Yeah, that's really important to us. Um, yeah, we do that a lot. And, and I, you know, I, I think from that as well, it's um, we, we're trying to speak to more and more veg growers and uh, sort of market garden growers and small growers in, um, in city spaces. And, uh, you know, we've just come across the Tree Musketeers uh, who, um, we, you know, we found out about them last week through one of the ladies that grows at Forty Hall Farm, and they um, basically manage trees around Hackney and do lots of charity work with trees and fruit trees and planting trees and community work within that field. And you know, we're hoping to get some fruit from them, which is which is brilliant. Which they don't otherwise get rid of, do they? I don't think so, but we, you know, we we found out about these guys yesterday, and we're gonna we're gonna speak to them to see if we can use something. I mean, we we were putting plums on our pizza last year with the aubergines, so we were making a sort of plum hoisin, and um, yeah, we foraged them from Haggerston, didn't we? <laughs> yeah, so urban foraging. Yeah, so um, you know, we want to sort of get involved in 
in those, those with those small producers. And uh, we've just again discovered Sitopia, which is a, a small farm in Greenwich that's um, been that the land has been given to them by the Woodland Trust, I think. And uh, again, you know, these guys are so passionate about growing in, in urban spaces and spaces that may have been brownfield sites or you know sites that weren't used for growing or, or wild sites and uh you know can we get veg from them i don't know so um you know we'd like to to do that and um and just really promote the small producer and work with the small producer and you know ch turn over their veg into onto our pizzas Amazing. And I mean, I'm absolutely loving the sound of these menus, the plums and the um, aubergine, the rhubarb, the beetroot. And, you know, and I have to ask what you do well in terms of food waste. I mean, you've already described a lot, but I know one of these things involves beetroot. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so with the beetroot, what we do is um, it's a bit of a process. Um, the beetroots that we get, we um we slice them through the mandolin, um, so then these become these little rounds that we then put on our hackney hot, which is um, a sweet pickled beetroot pizza. Um, the skins that we've already removed, we dehydrate, and then we sprinkle the dehydrated beetroot on top of our kimchi and cheddar pizza. And then finally, of those rounds that we've sliced, if any of them are looking a little bit of wonky or not like nice um, discs, then we blitz them up into a beetroot hummus. So we really, really try and use all of the veg. And that's also a, um, an example of how our relationship with food has changed because at Flat Earth, we really try and um, think of the whole process of the vegetable and how we can use absolutely all of it up. And anything that we can't use or any small bits of food waste that we get back from people's plates, we give to First Mile who are great because they take it away, um, they um, they digest it all and then it goes into fertiliser for local farms or turned into en energy that goes back into the grid. Um, and we're also zero to landfill. So we're really like, we're really on top of all of our waste streams. It's really important to us. And I, because I, I'm... Sorry, sorry, Rick. Now I was just going to add to that. And because we're small, I mean, it, this makes us really flexible, which is, which is good. And it's something obviously when we open a site, we want to continue but yeah. we have um, sort of certain foundations within our menu that are, that are kind of sort of from, from food waste that we put back in and then use in other in other forms and uh, you know the other the other pieces we make a demi glass mm. which is uh, basically a vegetable stock and I was in a, a well-known supermarket yesterday and they were seven pouches of Debbie. That's for oh, three, really? for three pounds fifty. And I'm thinking, wow, you know, for a hundred sort of gram pouch of demi-glass. But, you know, we reduce all of our veg ends and, you know, mushrooms and garlic ends and, you know, everything that onion we... Skins. Onion skins. and, you know, the alliums and lo lots of bits that um, we, 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 we don't put on the pizza. So we collect that reduce that twice a week and we make a veg stock and the veg stock in itself you put some noodles in there is great you know it's a, it's a really nice broth um and then we reduce it reduce it reduce it and it turns into this really rich syrupy stock i mean it's it's like a stocking so that that goes into a couple of our dishes as well and then uh, the husks the bits left, left over you know go into the composting or um yeah, it goes to food waste as well. So, you know, 
where, where we've got sort of two litres of stock. And I'm thinking, all oh, right, OK, that's like 30 quid of stock if you're selling that. But um, it's a great it's a great thing to use because you only need a couple of teaspoons. So, yeah, you know, really and, nice. And then another thing that we've started doing relatively recently is um, we don't sell coffee here um, because it's the pub, but um, we drink quite a lot of it ourselves. And we were very aware that we were throwing away some of the coffee grounds. And um, first of all, I don't actually collect them. So we've been, I mean, I think they do, but um, not the small amount that we produce. So we've been collecting it in um, a little ice cream tub and I'll be taking it to Spitalfield City Farm today. So they're going to use it on their compost, which is nice. This is incredible. And, you know, you're really inspiring me, actually, because I've got a dehydrator. So <laughs> Yeah, I'm thinking, I wonder, can I do some of this stuff sort of on my own on a small scale, just in a, in the home? I mean, I guess I can um, dehydrate the beetroots like you guys described. Yeah, absolutely. You were dehydrating apples recently, weren't you? Yeah, I mean... Or kale, that'd be nice to crisps. Yeah, there's, there's, yeah, I mean, A, you can dehydrate. B, I think, you know, saving your veg scraps for um, to make a stock is, is, is great. I think... Uh, you know, if you're using lots of herbs and herb ends and, uh, you know, you can put the stalks in there. And, what, in the dehydrator? No, to, to making stock. Oh, if we're talking dehydration, um, well, as you said, Sarah, you can make crisps out of pretty much anything we yeah, need. Yeah, yeah. And if you, you know, if you're cutting stuff thin enough, you can, you can use carrots and you can use your carrot skins, mm. uh, which is good. And, you know, if you're using skins, which you want to dehydrate and, Put into crisps. I mean, you know, as well as putting some sea salt on there or some rock salt, you can put some spices on there. You can put some zaatar on yeah. it. You can put some chili spices on there. So you know, you can you can do some other things with them. You can sweeten them up with a, with a bit of sugar and then um, caramelize them a bit as well. So you know, th this is sort of goes into the realms of experimentation. And, uh, <laughs> they don't always work. I and mean, you, you have friends around for dinner maybe, and you you're pulling out the. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the dehydrated crisps, like, right? geez, what are those? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, you've got to test them on your close friends first. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it's really commendable what you guys are doing because I imagine there must be quite a lot of food waste in commercial kitchens. Yeah, there is generally, yeah. I mean, I work with a few or have worked with a few businesses in the past and um, and it's crazy and, and you have to have the buy-in from all of the kitchen team in order to separate the waste and things like that. You know, it's so much more than just having the process of place. People have really got to believe in it. But luckily, because we're a small team and because it's very much from the offset that we've been doing this, anyone who joins our company is super enthusiastic about it. You know, when we put job ads out, we get lots of people wanting to work for us who are very, very sustainable and are interested in market farms and, um, and, and that kind of thing. Um, they don't just necessarily come to us just because they want to make pizza. Yeah. Yeah, and I think like you describe, it really takes a team approach, doesn't it? Because um, a friend of mine works in the kitchen and it's part of a chain and there's a lot of waste. And, you know, and whilst it really upsets her on an individual basis, it's really difficult because, um, you know, there will be sort of like... I suppose processes in place, you know, like they're not allowed to take surplus food home and, you know, and, and there's rules in place about sort of when food needs to be um, binned and, you know, and, it, and it's really difficult. So I think whilst on an individual basis, this is not what she wants to see, 
what can you do when that's the ethos of the company? Yeah, no, I know. Um, yeah, it's awful. I, I think um, from our experience, tech is you know a really good part of it now. So managing your ordering systems, which is which is important, and uh, you know again, I think when we're in the commercial world, it was just coming in, but we can we you do see a lot better uh, structure for, for food ordering. But then yeah. you, then you know again, without naming names, you know from a commercial world. It was all about big plates, putting things on, you know, yeah, yeah. And, and, and you know, outdoing your competition with cheaper prices, bigger portions, and you know that that isn't right because it doesn't, you know, a it goes to waste, b you know it's it's, it's gluttonous for want mm. of a better word, and, and and you know the commerciality, you're basing profit on a dish, of you know say you say you've got a twenty five percent food cost on this big plate of food, you know half of it's going in the bin. Yeah, and uh, it's ridiculous. You know? I think I think that's actually a really good point about the portion sizes. I think at Flat Earth, our pizzas are the perfect size for one person, and um, so I mean we have the occasional um, bits that haven't been eaten, but generally people seem very satisfied with the size. Um, like I say, because of the dough, they don't feel disgusting afterwards. You know, like sometimes you can buy a pizza and then because it's bigger, you kind of eat more than you should. I mean, this is personal experience happened to me on Monday when I ate somewhere else. But, um, you know, ours is, we're, we're quite careful about portion sizing and stuff because we don't, we don't want to encourage waste. And uh, that, that seems to work for us. Yeah. There's a, there's a government website called RAP, RAP.org. And uh, that um, talks about commercial food waste in the hospitality industry. And it's, you know, it's worth a, a view and worth, uh, you know, getting into I mean, There's lots of things going going on um which promote managing food waste but uh you know that will give you the figures about you know commercially how much food is wasted how many mm -hmm. tons per year in the uk and everything else and, and, and talk about ways of managing it so you can dig deeper to find ways of managing it commercially and um you know there needs to be more invested in, you know there's, there's always a department managing your labor or managing your this that the other you know your electric and gas but food waste is such such a you know 20 to 30 percent of food yeah. is wasted is a division in itself that um, you know people need to sort of sit up and spend more time managing but there are associations aren't there like the sustainable restaurant association yeah. and yeah. they um really encourage good practice within restaurants um and hospitality in general so there's a lot of people doing a lot of good things um yeah, yeah i mean our ultimate aim for Flat Earth Pizzas is to create this blueprint for sustainable restaurants. So we really want to, I mean, we're very small at the moment. We've got ambitions to grow. Um, we're actually looking for our first bricks and mortar site. So because um, we're currently in the railway tavern in Dalston. Um, and we want to put in all of our sustainable practices that we've been learning along the way and implementing along the way. And we just want to create the most sustainable restaurants so that going forward, restaurants like you were saying, Laura, about how um, you know, some, some practices aren't that sustainable within restaurants due to food waste and things. And we really want to show how it can be done and how it can be done easily and also commercially as well. Yeah. And I would <laughs> add to that, don't waste your crusts. That's what crusts are. <laughs> 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 don't waste your crusts generally with us. Yeah, so... Uh, yeah. I mean, I've never understood that. I love the crust. and yeah, I too. And I, and I try and eat from the crust in as well. Like, yeah, I think that's the trick. I think you've got to eat from the crust in. Absolutely. I'll give that a go on our two pizzas today that we eat. 
Um, but I mean, is there anything more that you want to do in terms of food waste? Is there anything more that you could do in terms of food waste? I mean, it sounds like you've pretty much got it covered. I think there's always more. Yeah. Um, there's always a lot more. I mean, um, you know, when we do get our site, I mean, we can, you know, do our own composting as well. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that that's important to us. And I think, uh, you know, again, there's always measures that we can continue to put in. We can ask sort of customer feedback and talk to people about it and, and, and you know, get involved with sort of more vocally with other people and people in the industry. And, and uh, take more seconds more than we do already. Oh, sorry. Table seconds, veg. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Food waste from source. I mean, you know, mm. as as we said, a small example is, you know, we were working with another farm called Dagnam Farm, which is part of growing communities, and um, you know, I took from them last year. I think it was uh, seventy. I was going to say seventy tons. Seventy. <laughs> it felt like that when you maybe collect them. Seventy kilos. <laughs> seventy kilos of green tomatoes. So you know, the, these are tomatoes. Okay, they're going to waste. They can go back into you know composting, and they you know they fall on the ground and sort of disappear, and the seeds grow. But you know, with those green tomatoes, I fermented them, and then we put them into the passata. But also that that's putting money back into growing communities and putting money back into a very small farm of me purchasing something that they, they wouldn't have sold. And um, you know, we talked earlier about being more inventive and you know, experimenting. And, you know, those things need to continue. And, um, you know, that whole process of when you're writing a menu is to look at it, right, okay, that can, we could do that with that thing. Can we use that for other parts yeah. of the menu as well? And can we do something else with that? And it's like, you know, that thought process is really, really important. Yeah, so there, there generally will be lots of other things we can do with food waste, but it's kind of an evolution. So as with every dish, we'll work that out as we kind of go along. But I think our, our practices and our principles are in place. So um, we let very little slip through the net. Yeah. But as, a, as a, another quick quote, I mean, you know, we, we have um, sustainable development goals within our within our pack and this you know is what what we um, strive to, to work to and, and, and one of them is to halve food waste one of the sustainable development goals is to halve food waste by 2030 and to achieve this in the UK and I am reading this now but further reductions in food waste of 1.8 million tons are needed and 1.3 million tons is from homes and over half a million tons from across the supply chain so you know half a million tons of food waste is uh, yeah there's a lot of work I also think that because so much of this does happen in homes, I think um, a responsibility of ours will be to educate people more in terms of um, giving more tips on Instagram and like talking about recipes and stuff um, in a kind of helpful, non-worthy way. Um, but that's something we're looking into now. And we do give away um, tips and talk about what we're doing and things. So I think that people do generally, um, if people are interested, you know, they can they can look to us for that kind of stuff. But it would be great if we can be more of a voice in terms of what is achievable and what's delicious in doing so. Yeah, absolutely. So would that sort of tie in with the changes that you would want to see in the world? Just, uh, yeah, just an easy question there. Wow. Well, I mean, yeah, <laughs> reducing food waste is so important. Um, I think that more people should eat uh, less or and better meat. Um, I think that more people, well, I think people need to be more inquisitive about where the food comes from. I think that a lot of people don't really explore their relationship with food. So they kind of, you know, it's very easy to go to the supermarket, especially in a city, you know, where you haven't seen 
uh, you know, you haven't you haven't grown up in the country where you've seen the livestock and stuff, and you kind of don't really people might not necessarily associate where food comes from. So I think there needs to be a larger education piece on that in schools. Um, and yeah, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, it, you know, it's interesting. We're very privileged to be living in the Western world, yeah. where, where you know, in, in our ways, and you know. If you want to talk about changing the world, that's another podcast, which <laughs> which might go on for a lot longer. But uh, you know, we are in a very privileged society, and um, we take a lot of things for granted. And I think um, you know that that is so so, so frustrating. And um, you know, you look at you know, we walk home from work, and you you know, you look at lots of fast food outlets, you look at lots of stuff on the streets. You look at lots of food waste on the street after sort of Friday, Saturday night. So in our commercial world, you know, we, we see a lot of that and it is frustrating. And, you know, we, I think Sarah said, you know, back in the day, there was sort of food tech or home economics or whatever you want to call it at school. And, you know, that, that's gone out the window. And those values. Even about, any olive bread that I used to make. Yeah, but even the understanding in a, in a, in a polit not political, mm. but in an economic world of food management is you know we may talk about the climate we may talk about the economy maybe we may, may talk about the haves and the haves nots but that you know comes into if if you run a food tech class at school yeah there's a lot more beside it to making olive bread you know? yeah yeah absolutely and, um, you know that that is really important but i also think that within schools um there was that massive campaign i assume it's still going where they were trying to make the job role of the um dinner lady, I say in air quotes, um, and rena renaming them quite literally so they would become the head chef and the sous chef, making it more of an appealing job um, for aspiring chefs. And um, so therefore, it being a bit more interesting about what they're actually providing the children. And I think that's very important. So I think that throughout the whole of the school experience, then it, there needs to be more talk and more proof of nutritious food. Yeah. And, you know, one thing which could be an easy thing, but probably won't be an easy thing. But, you know, we're, we're in a situation at the moment where VAT on food is 5%. That's a lifesaver for us because it's a lifesaver for so many small businesses before mm. it jumps back to 12 and then 20%. And, uh, you know, if if food waste could be measured, if there were tax breaks for people managing food waste, you know, if VAT could still be, remain at 5% for people that are using compostable packaging, you know, and following processes and procedures and, and, and you know, how how they dispose of uh, food waste and how that is managed would be great. And, yeah. um, you know, could it be done? I mean, there's a lot more that could be done. And that's something that, uh, you know, would be would be a good, um, you know, a good opportunity for people to, a good lever or whatever you call it, for people to, um, you know, work towards. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, you guys are definitely, definitely, definitely paving the way. Thank you. Uh, and so if people want to find you, I mean, physically, they can come down to um, the railway, is it, in Dalston? Yeah, it's the railway tavern. So it's just around the corner from um, Dalston Kingston and Dalston Junction. Um, so that's the pub we're, that we serve in Tuesday to Friday night. Saturday night. No, no. I'm oh, sorry. Tuesday to Friday night and then Saturday <laughs> at night. Saturday all day, yes. But alternatively or additionally, we are on Instagram, which is at Flat Earth Pizzas. And then our website is flatearthpizzas.com. So I'm coming to eat next week. Right. What do you recommend? Oh, 
Mm. We've got a we got a new menu coming out soon. Um, maybe by next week. No, um, the head is shaking there. So uh, <laughs> we'll uh, see, Laura. You can certainly have a preview if it's not live. Yeah, but uh, personal, my personal favourite is the Hackney Hot. That seems to be the one that's uh, being talked about with the with the beetroot and the, the rhubarb, which is great. Um, the kimchi, I you know we love kimchi, and yeah. uh, you know I think um, that that again, you know, it's everything in there is sort of pretty much put together. Well, it's all put together by ourselves, but it's, yeah, everything it's, is made from it's, scratch. It's, it's yeah. well, it's well constructed. That's, that's a great so pizza. That is a great pizza, and of course, Laura, you'd be having it with our the vegan cheese, the RT vegan. So all of our pizzas can be made vegan. Um, very easily just by swapping out the cheese really because everything else is plant-based isn't it yeah in terms yeah. of like our bechamel and stuff is made with oat milk as opposed to dairy so we kind of always start off as the basis of being plant-based and then we just have the dairy cheese if people want that um but in terms of favorite pieces i mean we've got that samphire one that i mentioned earlier that's coming onto the menu which is exciting we've had that on the last couple of years and that always goes down really well just because it's quite unusual and um yeah, got a nice little salty taste from the samphire, but then the sweetness of the balsamic is delicious. I'm making myself hungry now, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I might have to have a sneaky couple of pizzas. Yeah, absolutely. Never mind a trio of desserts. I need a trio of pizzas. <laughs> Exactly. Um, we've also we've also pickled some uh, gooseberries as well. So, oh, yeah. uh, Ooh, wow. They have a very short season, and uh, we have put them in some apple cider vinegar and sugar, and mm. uh, they've been in the fridge now for a, for a, for a bit, and they're still you, know, you you pop them in your mouth, and they're sweet and crunchy. Yeah, and, like uh, olives, still, they? yeah, they're they're kind of a bit like olives so with no stone, but uh, they have a bite to them. So they are they will be making a guest appearance on, <laughs> on one of our pizzas soon. So uh, you know that uh, is something that uh, you might be able to try. Well, yeah, I mean, it sounds like Sarah is uh, realising her dream of the olive bread, but it's going to be yeah, the gooseberry exactly. bread. <laughs> so inspired from such an early age, I had no idea. Oh, do you know what? It's been amazing having you guys on. You've both been so wonderful. Thank you so much. Well, thank thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you. We, we even sat on our hands and didn't talk over each other as well. So uh, I think we might have done a bit. I think on the replay, Laura will realise that we have. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> No, you know what? That is real partnership right there. Uh, you, know, um, you know, nobody's hit each other with a pan. <laughs> <laughs> There's been no knives brought out at the kitchen. You've done well. Yeah. You and, just uh, wait till the laptop closes. Just for reference, <laughs> it, it's the pizza paddles we hit each other with. We get a much further slap. Or I do. <laughs> oh, thanks so much, guys. Thank, Thank you. you, Laura. See you soon. All right, Raiders. What a wonderful couple. I love that. 10 to 9 pizza time. Hope you enjoyed that episode. And if you did, please don't forget to rate, review, share, and subscribe. Thanks so much, Raiders. Until next time, take care. Bye.